Hello and welcome to the Serpent Temple podcast. We're doing a special episode this week. We're going to be doing our top 10 albums of 2021. So let's start with Floyd. What's your number 10? My number 10. So I thought I will add in one mainstream-ish band, which I know you guys both don't like. My number 10 is Gojira <laughs> Fortitude. No, okay, I need to explain this. <laughs> so, like, anybody who's ever listened to Morbid Angel and then Gojira would just be like, fuck, all Gojira are doing are just fucking appropriating Morbid Angel riffs. <laughs> <laughs> and making them palatable. But I will say, I think, in my opinion, they're the best gateway band out there. They're kind of like the new Slipknot. Okay, yeah, I can Not see that. Not sonically. But they're better than Slipknot, so They are okay. better than Slipknot. Yeah. Yeah, no definitely better than Slipknot. Yeah. But, like, I think they're a far better gateway band to getting people into more. Because the thing is, they, they blend a lot of different styles. And this album is a pretty good blend of all their previous albums, kind of amalgamated into one. It's not too heavy. It's got some of the accessibility of Magma, the 2016 album. Um, it's got some of the more atmospheric elements from Les Enfants Sauvages. Probably didn't pronounce that properly. No, it was actually pretty uh, good. Was, was yeah, that quite yeah, good? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you speak French, don't you? No, oh, I kind don't. Of a, I better not declare that publicly. <laughs> ever go to Hellfest. Like, ah, Nina! <laughs> oh, my God! <laughs> C'est bon! <laughs> what accent is Floyd doing this week? Um, <laughs> it's fantastic. Yes, uh, I only have a tiny... I have enough French to say I don't speak French and to, like, vaguely be polite to people. Was that je n'ai pas... Oh, no. Je ne parle pas français. I fucked it up now. <laughs> I can usually do it really quickly. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, je suis désolé pour mon français. Je suis désolé pour mon français. That's sorry C'est for mad. My, yeah. yeah. That's what I say. That seems to endear myself. That's actually it. a pretty good way of doing it. That's quite yeah. a nice way. Yeah. So I think this guy knows he's trash for not bothering to learn our language. <laughs> anyway, back to Kojira. Yeah, no, this is a really good album. It's got a track on it called New Found, which has got a really cool groovy riff they've kind of done a bit bit of experimentation on this album they've got one of the tracks um i forgot the name of it <laughs> i was thinking to myself do you know i could do this episode this is why without needing to make notes we both have worry. zero prep so it's going to be a really like efficient it's the episode. one about the amazon cool which i think is called amazonia there you go nice. that's all i needed to do we just add two letters on at the end yeah but uh, that's got a bit of like an old school sepultura kind of flavor to it like a bit of a a strong groove, but it's a really good album. And I think, you know, it's, um, I wanted to, to include an album that I think was somewhat mainstream to show that I'm not a total fucking arrogant hipster prick. You don't have totally amazing taste. So no. yeah, you have, you no. have some, I think Gojira is good. I think it's definitely, I think it's good to have bands that, you know, it's not just people who are really elitist. Everyone that, that you start at, what am I trying to say here? I'm saying words out of my mouth. Um, I think it's really good to have gateway bands. I think it's important that the scene is healthy. Uh, it, it, if everything was underground, then we wouldn't have enough money to enjoy the things that we do in the way that we do. So it's a good thing. No, it's true. And yeah. like, you know, in many ways, that talking of Slipknot, they've done a great job of like bringing in this new wave of gateway bands because they always yeah. have Gojira Tumor of them. Uh, same with Behemoth. They're kind of at that stage now, I think, where they're kind of on the cusp of being one of the few sort of death metal bands to uh, appeal to uh, sort of a lot of casual metal fans. Mm, mm, yeah, Nurgle Farage has done a great job of uh, 
bringing in the new people. Did you say Nurgle fans? I did. I wanted to see how you reacted. <laughs> Too hard to process that. What do you think of that picture of him and uh, me and that man? His uh, side project in there. Oh, yeah, I think they look really good, actually. They look quite cool. I think that I really like the style. I want to be able to wear shirts like that. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Do you want to hear what my number 10 is? Go on, let's hear it. It is Eamon Ra, Didurn, Fawn. I thought it was a really, like, sad and brutally depressing album, but in a really satisfying way. It was like honey that's poisonous, that's sweet, but slowly killing you. Um, The whole thing was just like one of those albums where there's, there's no, like, tracks to me that stand out, the whole thing is just like a full body of work. So I really enjoy just like slapping on on the evening with candles and pretending I'm Peter Steele. So yeah, I really like that album. It's a great album. It's a good one. It's not bad. So good. It's my number nine. Oh! Oh, what a segue. Damn. But yeah, um, no, I really like the track. Funny enough, one of my favorite tracks from this album is uh, the track Ogen Trust. Nice. Can't remember what the translation was, was that what that was. I'm not for. gonna guess. I looked it up at the time, but I've, I've forgotten. It. I deleted my notes for that album when we reviewed it. Mm. Um, but funny enough, that track is also used as the AEW wrestler Malachi Black, formerly known as Alistair Black of WWE. It's his entrance theme music. Wow. And it's pretty cool because it's uh, back in the days of like WWE in the '90s during the Attitude Era. The, the WWE actually talking of gateways. Was a, was a gateway for a lot of people to get into kind of heavy music. Definitely. Because it would feature a lot of it, like especially ECW as well. I really liked it. I, I think it primed my ears for when I actively started searching for metal bands. Because I remember being a kid and watching WWF, it was at the time. Yeah. The World Wildlife Fund. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I really enjoyed how like awesome the entrance music was. And I loved heavy guitars, but I just didn't know there was like a metal thing out there. Yeah. It's, do you know what, there's so, I, I probably mentioned it on this podcast before, but there's so much crossover that you wouldn't believe yeah. to the point. If you showed me metal fans and indie wrestling fans, like just a, a, a panorama of, of a crowd to both those shows, I couldn't tell you which is which. The only way you could decipher them would be the affliction just by shirts. the shirts. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. even then, like I do the same. If I go to a metal show, I'll wear a wrestling shirt. Nice. And then vice versa. You know, That's just a good say, idea. Fuck the system. I'll wear what I want. <laughs> well, you're part of the system. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's really funny. But no, but no, I echo everything you've said about Ogan Troost. No, sorry. Uh, De Dawn, Ogan Troost is the track. <laughs> Done that as well when we were talking about before we started filming. Yeah. But a great album. It's really kind of melancholic and kind of just packed to the brim with emotion and mm. sorrow. I think I remember at the time, I may may have got this wrong, but I think quite a few members of the band had some close family member deaths oh, no. while recording the album. So okay. I think that helped kind of fuel the absolute sorrow and despair that was eminent on the record. It's very authentic, and I think it's a beautiful piece of art. So congratulations, Eamon Ra. Dodoran is a fantastic album. So that was your number nine. My number nine is Green Lungs Black Harvest. It was really difficult to rank this one. Um, it came out quite recently, a few weeks ago, and it's bloody good. It's like really rock and roll. We, we were going to actually do an episode on it soon, and we will, so spoiler alert, um, but it's bloody fantastic. It's really catchy. I think Green Lung are doing some really great things for the Doom scene at the moment. Uh, I love that they've gone with the whole like folk English history, but they've not made it racist. Yeah. They're not being like the black metal kind of folk english pure yeah. heritage shit um i really enjoy it it's the artwork is fantastic the members are really wholesome they've done some like wonderful merch and all their previous releases have like really beautifully led up to this one i think it's 
really great development. I'm so happy with this album. Um, yeah, like a bloody good album. It's really, I, I don't know if you've heard it. Have you listened to it? I have. It's, um, it's, I think I listened to it first. It was like the last week of kind of sun we had before it started to get dark really early. And I thought it was just really kind of fitting because it had that mm. really kind of summery kind of, I always like it when bands of this ilk are able to kind of harken back to that old sound of the 70s but kind of modernize it and make it sound kind of fresh and vibrant still totally. but i think green lung do a really good job of doing that yeah on this album i haven't spent much time with their first album so i need to go back and get listen to that one a bit more so i've had a lot of friends who have been who have been raving about green lung for years they have a so, really dedicated fan base and deservedly so they had a massive crowd at bloodstock and they sounded great like i didn't know any of the tracks because i wasn't overly familiar with them but they sounded amazing at bloodstock and it was and the crowd was feeling it yeah, they're one of those bands that have worked really hard for their for their recognition. They're like fantastic live, really good visually. Like they represent themselves with their artistic direction, which is obviously from them, and it's auti- autistic. <laughs> Why is that? Authentic. What? <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's not them who's autistic today. It's me. <laughs> I meant to say authentic, but my my mouth said autistic, and halfway through, I was like, wait, why am I saying this word? This isn't the right one. I'm really sorry. I meant to say authentic. Um, it is authentic, unlike <laughs> me. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Black Harvest, absolute banger. <laughs> yeah. Right, my number eight is. Black Sheep Wall. Songs for the Enamel Queen. Okay. Now this was uh, this was quite an interesting one for me because you guys introduced me to Black Sheep Wall. Mm. It's a name I'd heard before. And especially uh, you guys always uh, go on about the previous projects as well, right? Captain Admiral, Admiral Angry. Admiral Angry. <laughs> Captain and, you, Admiral. and you know there was some form of rank involved <laughs> yeah. in there. I like See, that. This is what happens when we don't make notes <laughs> when we do an episode. <laughs> <laughs> I like it though, it's angry. funny, yeah. yeah. And um, we had the pleasure of interviewing these guys and they were such friendly guys. They were great. So and good, like, yeah. you know, for, for how friendly and uh, affable they were, it's uh, the music is a lot more kind of violent, aggressive and just kind of despairing. But that's why I love it so much. Hmm. Um, one of the tracks on the album, Ren, is probably one of my favorite tracks of the year. Wow. I've, I've literally been listening to that track almost once a day depending wow. on what I'm doing. So it's got a really cool, it's, it's either a horn, I think it might be a French horn or some form of brass instrument features in it. And it's just such a cool, interesting element to the music that just adds an extra level of kind of despair, <laughs> which I think is just, uh, it just works perfectly. Uh, but the whole album as a whole is just really great. I feel like it's probably their most complete work because I kind of just completely binged their discography and just tried to work my way through. And it was just, and it was a lot to take in. So, and it's been great now since interviewing them and reviewing the album to have a bit more time to digest the music and see what the earlier albums had to offer. But the newest album was absolutely fantastic. I really like the artwork as well. It's quite cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the artwork's always really interesting. I have this on my list. I don't know if I should just say the number. Um, but yeah, I agree. It's a despair lasagna. That's how I think of it. There's just so many <laughs> layers of despair just <laughs> dripping in sauce, which is just good riffs. Um, I bloody love this band i've been listening to them for years and years and years and they're weirdly they've influenced me a lot but not in like a way you'd recognize i just love the way the despair is communicated mixed with like self-hatred and loathing and shame and it's confessional and they just don't care about hiding how they feel and it's just really beautifully made i think the lyrics are great on that front as well they're very yeah. 
honest and brutal lyrics, which I think is, you know, I don't remember us saying at the time, it's always a good contrast to like sometimes the overly poetic lyrics you find. Yeah. Scene, could come across a bit pretentious at times. <laughs> like maybe it's pretentious. Yeah. It is pretentious. But yeah, sometimes that's just me trying to be diplomatic there. I do like a bit of pretension at times, but I also do like um, the really no nonsense punch in the face that is a black sheep war lyric. Yes. Nice. So, so what was your numero otto? <laughs> My eight is Turnstile's Glow On. Ooh. Yes, I just love the wholesomeness of Turnstile. They're, they just seem like really, really good people. I loved the vibe of the album. It was like a really, a contrast to Black Sheep Ball. It was like really a breath of fresh air. It was like lavender on freshly washed bed sheets that you climb into after a long day and you know you're going to have a good sleep. It was just such a lovely lovely album and i loved like researching the band and finding out what like just lovely people they are yeah, yeah. it's um i found out the other day and i keep meaning to check up on this because i was speaking to my friend john he was telling me just bear with me a second that they actually split they came from the ashes of two other bands oh right they were like what two well one of the bands yeah so it was um trapped under ice and angel dust okay two other hardcore projects and apparently they kind of disintegrated and turned stuff formed from the ashes of those two projects so keep meaning to check those guys out those projects out but um i actually have turnstile on my list as well so i might as well get into that now they were my number six so i'll skip over my number six but yeah everything you said just such an easy to listen to album like talk to uh, like gateway music again yeah i was like spamming this album onto everyone like even people that weren't fans of heavy yeah music. it's like a really good gateway band yeah, yeah. I was, like, even like amy i was like listen to this tell me what you think of this like there's yeah. that one track which i think is underwater boy which it's really pop like yeah it's yeah. got like, elements of that kind of like uh, i'd say like hip-hop and stuff and like she was just like yeah that's a really good track awesome and it's uh yeah i've just been really kind of herald heralding them as kind of like the saviors of kind of the more commercial side of the heavy scene and i'm watching them i'm seeing them in february oh they're playing at the roundhouse yeah oh, who's supporting them I, it hasn't been announced yet that's so cool but you guys should look see if there's still tickets maybe they were gonna not, play yeah. they're, they're doing the show at the forum and I think they're going to play another show at the Roundhouse because they had so sold a lot of tickets for the Forum. I like the Roundhouse more than the Forum. Yeah, I, I think that's that's why I was quite happy with the way that turned out because the Forum was sold out. But I'm like, I'd much prefer the Roundhouse as a venue. Mm. I've seen some great gigs at the Forum, but it, it sound could be a little bit hit or miss. Yeah, I just like also that you can sit down in like a really nice yeah. way at the Roundhouse. Yeah. Yeah, I like sitting down. Venue. Now I'm older, I'm really into sitting down. It used to be an older train track, didn't it? Used to, I think that's... Oh, is that where they used to turn the trains? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. one of the parts where the train kind of turns around and t- to go back the other way. That's so cool. If yeah. it was Thomas the Tank Engine, like a train would have died in there. It would be like a train sepulchre. <laughs> it would have gone and slaughtered the trains. And I love how dark Thomas the Tank Engine is. Do you know what? Everyone was obsessed with Thomas the Tank Engine as a kid. I, I was. I was fucking mad for him. I just don't know what it is about the colours and the sounds. The do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Yeah. Yeah. Such a good theme song. And Ringo to... Starr and the rate in it. What? Yeah, Ringo Starr was the narrator of the no. TV series. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. I need yeah. to rewatch it. Yeah. Damn. I mean, why not? I mean, when you've made as much money as you're ever going to need from the Beatles, I do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'll narrate Pingu if yeah. you like. I don't. There, there's no oh. need for narration, but yeah. Oh, do you remember? Do you ever remember? Sorry, I'm not going to divulge too much here. 
Do you remember the Pingu episode where he got drunk and pissed, pissed on himself. the swap? Loved Every it. single person I talk about Pingu. My favourite Pingu episode is where he has a nightmare and his bed, the legs grow really long and it starts walking and a giant seal appears above oh, the ice. He's like looking down at Pingu as his bed is like do 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 ah. and falls off a cliff or something like that. It's really dark. Damn, that's it. intense. Mm. Pingu's fantastic. Pingu was also one of my favourite TV shows. Top 10. I saw a funny meme where it was like the subtitles and it was like the dad shouted at him and it just said shouting in Pingunese. <laughs> I love the meme where it's like Pingu crossing his arms. He's like, well, I'm not going to do that now. Yeah. <laughs> That's just how I feel when people ask me to do things I was going to do. Anyway, what are we on? We're number seven now? Where are we up to? I've, I've, that was your number eight. <laughs> we broke Shem. This is going to start to sound like, uh, like we're expediting at a restaurant. So that was, that was, uh, that was my number eight. It was your... <laughs> so Turnstile was your number eight, so we're on my was... number seven. Okay, yeah, what's your number which seven? Is an album we haven't reviewed, but it's an album that left a bit of an impression on me because it was by far, in my humble opinion, the heaviest, most ridiculously, oppressively brutal that I've listened to this year. And it was an album called Sermon the Flames, the band called Sermon the Flames, and the album's called I Have Seen. No, I've written down the fucking <laughs> album. It's I Have Seen the Light. And it was repulsive. Okay, that's the I've bad name. Key words. Because <laughs> I'm trying to keep my album titles to one line so I don't oh, confuse I myself. See. So I was like, okay, let me miss out keywords. I'll remember the album name when I'm reading it out. I have seen the light and it was repulsive. Okay. So they're an Irish band and they're kind of like a black and sort of death metal band. Mm. Insanely heavy. Like okay. like a more aggressive portal, if you can imagine that. More aggressive but portal. But like uh, the music makes a lot more sense in Portal. Like it's a far... It's, oh, I really the, want the to riffs and stuff are more discernible. Okay. I'd actually more compare, compare them to uh, Dragged Into Sunlight. Oh, okay, cool. In terms of like, as an audio, an audio comparison. Hmm. But um, a great album. It's super, super heavy. Like it's, it's short enough that it doesn't give you a headache by the time you finish listening to it. But it's really, just really scratches that super grimy subterranean itch. Nice. I so. do that itch when it hits. My God, um, you do need something to scratch it. Okay, so my number seven is heavy in a different way. It's Lingua Ignota's "Sinner Get Ready." She is obviously one of my favorite vocalists of all time. Her voice is just something else, and the videos that she's released this year in the singles really complement this album. Um, I love the way she she channels her. She's like the female black sheep wall in a way. She just channels the rage and pain of women so beautifully. And she's like a bastion of of kind of like education in a way of like showing free music how it feels to get fucked up in a particular way that I think guys don't particularly understand or non, non-females, non non-women. Um, yeah, it's a bloody good album. It's heavy. Lingua Ignota is a true artist. Um, she is experimental, always pushing boundaries and the envelope of what passes as music in an interesting and listenable way this is a it's a more of a mournful kind of album as well this one it's a bit more Caligula. it's a bit more pared back i like yeah. that she's not just doing the same thing over and over again yeah yeah that was a great album it was a good album what's your number seven you know seven? so we'll skip over my number six which was turn uh, so when your number four so it's your number six. It's my number six. This is so confusing. We've never done this. My number six, ironically, like this episode, is called Big Mess. Yeah. <laughs> it's, by, <laughs> it's by Danny Elfman. Um, I thought this album was so interesting. Um, yeah, this is a great album. Yeah. Danny Elfman, for me, was always synonymous with like soundtracks. Um, I'm pretty sure he did Night Before, Before Christmas. 
Um, and he yes. did the Simpsons intro, which I used to play on the saxophone when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I've always liked his, that element of him, but I never thought he could write a cool metal record, which is essentially, I think this is like experimental metal. Um, it's brilliant. It's just so... It's not even a mess. It's just so complex. And it, it's like really eclectic. There's so much happening. It's perfect for ADHD. Um, oh my God. Like the amount of... The, the he's so talented like i just it made me respect his work so much more from being a classical and kind of film composer he's gone on to like something that's just for your ears and it is really four dimensional yeah in a way it's because the thing is i i had no knowledge about oingo boingo his first project oh yeah yeah so like i think to a lot of people who are familiar with that project i think they listened to big mess and was just like oh great danny elfman's went back to doing like his you know, old like, stuff yeah like contemporary music again so, but like, I had no clue. So it was like, like with you, it was just completely out of left field for me. I was like, oh, it's just the same Danny Elfman that done the, <laughs> yeah. the Simpsons thing. Yeah. I think he'd done like the, um, the, uh, the Spider-Man films as well. Really? Yeah. He's done so much stuff. He's so yeah. prolific. It's really impressive. I love that he's like, I, I, some people would be so jaded after yeah. doing all that Hollywood stuff for decades. And now he's just doing his own thing. And like the cover is so visceral as well with the weird artwork. Yeah. Yeah. The cover actually reminds me of, uh, of uh, this is a weird comparison, but that gore grind band Lymph Lymphatic Phlegm. <laughs> They've got like a cover that's kind of like an anatomical kind of like dummy. And yeah. Yeah, it's just really, but yeah, it's, it's really cool. There's a track on this album called We Belong. And one thing I really like about this album is he almost seems to channel the voice of like a lot of major solo artists, like one of them being Leonard Cohen mm. and another one being David Bowie. There's a time where he's yeah. very reminiscent of both. And yeah. I actually played the track We Belong for my mum. And I said, who sings this? And she was just like, oh, that's Leonard Cohen. No I was way. Like, no, and I was like, that's not Leonard Cohen. She was like, fuck, that, I would have totally wow. thought this was like a, a, late, a latter era Leonard Cohen song. That's amazing. So, but it was a great track, great album. I think it's, uh, would definitely not expect him to like it as much as I did. Same, same. I thought it would just be like kind of a funny album to do, and now I'm a huge fan. Yeah. I hope there's more. So, so my number five happens to be your number one. So we're going to skip right over it and okay. go to your number five. Um, my number five is Black Sheep Wall, which you've already <laughs> done. Songs for the Enamel Cream. Cream? What's wrong with me? I can't speak. <laughs> I'm so upset right now. Shall we go to my number four? Yes. <laughs> We don't know what's going on. Okay. All right. I've got this. Number four is Cryptic Shift, Visitations from Enceladus. Nice. I thought this was an absolutely banging album. Um, I was so blown away by how complex this album is and how it appeals to my literary side, which is quite rare in an album. I love how complex the lyrics are. It's so, so beautifully represented hard sci-fi and you can hear the space in the music. It's yeah. just so chaotic but controlled and it's really like the energy is like it's constantly driving the first song the first track is like 26 minutes long which is yeah. incredible and i love it it's like you're landing on an on an old planet full of ancient weird aliens and shit and that's right up my street and the guys are also really good people too i love them so yeah 10 out of 10 cryptic shift oh it's a great album it's very rare that a tech death album can leave like a lasting impression mm. especially considering how kind of stale that genre is and yeah tenets of it i was gutted that i missed the damnation i was going to watch them at the beginning but i just couldn't uh couldn't couldn't make it 
Ah, it sucks. There's a, the old damnation problem of the big queues in the rooms and things. But yeah, I hope I get to see these guys live soon. In fact, I've just realized I'm wearing a Cryptic Shift hoodie right now. Yeah, seen some live clips though. Like they look fantastic live. Yeah? I know they were touring the album. Um, I've been done a couple of gigs around here. Might have been the Boston Arms music room at some point. Yeah, Seems with Slime Lord. With... Slime Lord, which is like part of half the band, right? Oh, is it? Oh, I didn't, yeah. didn't know. Oh, they just played places showed re- shows recently with Slime Lord, so I knew that is a thing. We'll catch them at some point. We will. We will catch them. We will contain them and interview them and, and excrete their knowledge onto this podcast. Right. My number four was another recent uh, album we reviewed, which was 1914. Nice. Where Fear and Weapons Meet. A good choice. So, if you want to hear fully what I've got to say about that album, you can always watch the review episode, but I'll try and sum it up succinctly in the way only I can. <laughs> uh, no, it was great, and it was a good continuation of their sound. They're one of the bands, one of the more recent bands, who I think do a really good job of combining different elements of the metal subgenres. So, you know, there's a good there's a good amount of death, black, and doom in there, mm. and they kind of conjure it all up in this melting pot of music mainly focused on world war one and this album is continuing that trend and it's just they're just really good storytellers as well i think i yeah. love i think the vocals are great i think he does a really good job of i think dim dim tar the vocalist or dip mar sorry does a really good job of narrating the stories and telling which is often they're, they're often uh, like some of the tracks are even exact excerpts from like letters from certain yeah. soldiers and mm. people that were involved in that terrible, the terrible tragedy that was World War One. But we're not going to get into that again. Cause... No, we've already <laughs> got into it pretty deep. Yeah, yeah I but think no. it's a brilliant album. I agree with you there. So that was that's why that album is ranked quite high. So great job there by those guys. That is a fantastic choice. I think um, that was it was really hard for me to make this list. I think that was that was going to be like number eleven if I had to uh, pick one. Um, yeah, like congrats to the guys for making that album. I love how thoroughly researched everything is, but this leads us to our top threes. Yeah. So. It always gets trickier when you get to the top threes, I find. Yeah. Because I reckon, to be honest, like when I do these sort of lists, these could change daily for me. Yeah, exactly. It's It's your mood. Yeah, exactly. So it's very much like, this is just what I was feeling at this exact moment in time. Mm. But the top three are very kind of malleable for me. Like they could, they could swap very easily. Yes. Definitely. So this leads to my top three, which was, this was an excruciatingly difficult choice, but my third album of the year is Carcass Torn Arteries. Um, It's just a bloody good album. It's Carcass doing their thing. They somehow just get better, which is crazy to me because a band that usually goes on for this long, they kind of rest on their laurels a bit. They chill out and they're too happy. They're happily married. Their lives are perfect. They've got all the money that they've got and they don't need to be good musicians anymore. It's not always the case, but I would, I would have expected that from a band as prolific and extremely talented as Carcass, but instead they're just getting more extremely talented and making me question my, my choices as a musician at times. They're so good. I love this album. It's so, they're kind of having fun. The songs have silly puns as names and they're still heavy. Then they also have like Dance of Ixtab, which is such a cool concept for an album. She's like the goddess of suicide um, in like, you know, South American, certain South American cultures. I love that. I love how they go from that to like Kelly's Meat Emporium and things like that. So yes, Carcass, top three, Torn Arteries, Banging album. Well, my number three was Carcass. Torn Arteries. Oh, <laughs> nice. Uh, 
nice. No, yeah, yeah, you've done a very, very good job of summing that up there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just crazy how good they still are this far on. Like, they've never declined in quality. And there's, like, I'm not going to name any bands, but there are so many bands that have been going for as long as Carcass have, or even shorter, that have just, they just don't have it in them anymore to produce anything that really sounds that inspired. Yeah. And that is not the case with Carcass, like this album. I would say the Scythe's Remorseless Swing is one of the better Carcass songs across their entire discography. It's true. In my humble opinion. Yeah. And, and it was great to see it live as well. They absolutely killed it at Damnation, and it was great to hear the new tracks, as well as all the other stellar tracks from all their other albums. And even played a few Swan Song tracks, which was cool because Amazing. I think that, that it's an album that is wrongly, you know, kind of maligned by a, a lot of people. But um, it's a great album, and I don't think they've ever had a bad album. Agreed. And Ton Arteries is also another great album. It is. It really is. And they're one of those bands that I know are consistently going to be incredible live. They've never let me down. They're always razor sharp scalpel fin uh, efficiency that doesn't really make sense but I was trying to run with the, the surgical steel <laughs> there <sounds> good. <laughs> I did my best I made an attempt yeah just bloody fantastic which takes us to number two what's your number two Floyd my number two is Mare Cognitum Ooh. Solar Paroxysm nice that was an incredible album and I had a lot to say about that album when we reviewed it yeah. But it's um, it's just insane how it's a one man project because yeah. like you know one man projects more often than not a shit and it sounds like a one man project. Yeah. Like Mayor Cognitum and also by extension uh, Spectral Law, mm-hmm. uh, who are a collaborator of Mayor Cognitum, are great at creating music that kind of transcends the uh, limitations of most one man projects and it sounds kind of transcends those limitations and becomes music that is wholly, wholly enjoyable. And this track, this album has some of the better black metal riffs, or just riffs in general I've heard in recent, recent memory. And I just love this concept of a dying earth because it feels like it's so relevant to what's happening at the moment as well. Yeah. And, you know, and I think um, I'm not going to get, I'm not even going to attempt to convince people that I'm, I'm, I'm as environmentally conscious as I, as I can be. But I think it is something everybody kind of needs to uh, open their eyes to a bit. And I think this is a great album, much in the same way that Cattle Decapitation's album, mm-hmm. uh, Death Atlas, had a similar-ish sort of message, even though Cattle Decap ended up saying, because they've got that track called Bring Back the Plague. Oh, God, no! <laughs> before, uh, before everything kind of went to shit, and they kind of... <laughs> saying, we weren't serious! <laughs> Oh no, the yes. Prince Philip. Yeah. <laughs> but well, what a fantastic album. And... <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, it's no. a very good album, yeah. Um <laughs> Cattle Decap aside. It's fantastic. I'm funny funnily enough, my number two is related to um a degree to Mara Cognitum because it's Mistress. Um, empires vanquished and dismantled. It is a somewhat narcissistic number two because I am on this album (laughs) on one of the tracks, but it's one of the instrumental tracks. And I think the strongest points of this album are actually the black metal tracks because they're fucking huge. I really love how the guitars are layered. Honestly, like I wasn't, I was looking forward to this before I was even asked to be on it. And it was like a massive honor. So thank you. Um, yeah, so it's a really bloody good album. I love the concept. It's like the concept of, um, I've forgotten what they are, the Crusades. 
Yeah. I forgot what the Crusades were for a good two seconds there. Yeah, the concept of the Crusades, but through like the lens of the East as opposed to the West, which is how it's yeah. often depicted in Western music and um, art. So I really like that. The cover is sick. Um, unfortunately, the vinyl was delayed, but I'm going to get my hands on a vinyl because it's beautiful. And yeah. I think they're gold, which is always a plus. Yeah, it's it's a really fun album. I really love um, Ilos. His vision for this was amazing. Working with him was really cool. I got to work with an Iranian Ney player, which was a really cool experience. So yeah, it's a narcissistic number two, um, but mainly because I had such a wonderful experience on it. And yeah. I think it is genuinely an incredible album. and I recommend it. Thoroughly. That's really nice and wholesome. Might even be covering it in the future. Maybe. We might. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I've listened to it all the way through once and it was fantastic was great i think it's the same guy that does spectral law yeah which is and this is another extension of his musical psyche which i think is as good as anything spectral law i've ever put out yeah so a solid choice thank you so this brings us to the number one well my number one which is not going to come as much of a surprise to some people and this is my number one because i think this album is of a subgenre which, to some and a lot of people, has become quite stale and problematic, to say the least. <laughs> but my number one is Spectral Wounds, A Diabolic Thirst. That Ooh. was a really good album. Yeah. I really... Do you know what? I put this down just to the sheer replayability. amount of time to just listen to this album all the way through because I just found it so easy to listen to. And it's been a very long time since I've heard a black metal album that kind of embodies a lot of the spirits and musical ideas of the second wave black metal scene mm. and kind of bring it kicking and screaming with a modern kind of sound and production it's just really easy to listen to but like it's totally still sounds really frosty and icy like how black metal should sound and it's just without any of the other bullshit just a good album exactly that ironically taking away all that stupid edgy bullshit makes it better yeah. Which is I, what some people improves the experience for other people, but it's not the case for me. I really like that. I love that the guy's a wine taster as well. I thought that was pretty fun. Yeah. It's yeah. Um, the album cover's quite cool. Yeah. Just, just dudes <laughs> just fucking. <laughs> I, I love that album. I was really actually surprised by it. I thought I wasn't going to like it because I normally yeah. don't like that kind of thing. But it was great. It was really heavy. It was really groovy. It was just fun and sick um, in a good way. So uh, I guess that leads to my number one. Which uh, you may have noticed while listening to this podcast, there was no number five from Floyd because our number one and our number five are one and the same. It is Frontera Oxidized. This album was so fucking heavy. It was like black sheep wool on meth in a good way, um, responsibly a good way. The guys seem really lovely in Frontera too, which is always a bonus. And it's just a fucking heavy album. It's um, I can't wait to see it live. I think they're playing Arctangent, which is something I'm very tempted to go to. I'm very year. tempted to go to Arctangent. That's a damn good lineup. It's incredible. It's like Enslaved, Opeth, Frontera, Pupil Slicer. Cult of Luna? Cult of Luna, Bell Witch. Bell Witch, yeah. And my photographic memory runs out there, basically. Should I bring it up quickly? Do it. It's good. It's, it. it's literally like our dream lineup it's in a damn many good ways. Lineup. I can't remember if it's Bell Witch with Ariel Ruin or if it's a Bell Witch. It's set. definitely oh, Bell Witch. And it's their logo on it. <laughs> I'm just bumped into a door. Oh, is that you? <laughs> yeah. Of course, it's taken a sweet time to load up. <laughs> no, Frontier Oxides. What a fantastic record. Like, um, it's it's just so dizzy and, and just absolutely just bombastic. I've listened to it so many times and it only came out recently. And yeah. it's just, 
it's perfectly kind of encapsulated the uh, late end of year rage and like it's an enjoyably angry album it's the kind of album that gives you a little bump in and spring in your step as you angrily walk to work it's fantastic i'm gonna listen to this album for many years to come and i cannot wait to see what they do next yeah, I could I could see now why Katie was such a, a huge fan. Yeah, yeah, from people's eyes. And their other stuff is really good as well. But this album is just like just it's all the weird kind of like frantic bleeps and frantic sounds bleep. and noise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shout out great band. Yeah, but just the um, yeah, it's just a really chaotic but totally still like coherent enough to enjoy. Absolutely, like great choice for number one. It's got the Octangent line up there. Well, yeah. easy for me to say. Octangent, I think I almost said. <laughs> Oct- Oct- I can't even say it. <laughs> nice. We're both hungry and tired. We can't say words. Yeah. Opeth, Cult of Luna, Tesseract, uh, Zewan Ardor, Mono, Amin Ra. Nice. That'd be cool to watch them. Leprous. No. <laughs> <laughs> Enslaved, one of the best bands of all time. Yep. Uh, oh, oh Ranzi Pazuzu are playing. Nice. Uh, Oathbreaker. Nice. Who are another member of the Church of Ra Collective. Oh, yeah. Same with uh, Amin Ra. Uh, who else have we got? We've got Bell Witch, uh, Frontier are there, as you mentioned. That looks like the Imperial Triumphant logo. I think it is, yeah. yeah. Uh, Joe Quail's there. Yeah. Oh, Earn are playing as well. I seem to, I seem to always be watching Earn play. <laughs> um, they're great, though. No, good lineup. I'm tempted by that. I think we're probably going to end up going. Yeah. I have a I have a inkling of a It's impression. like a week after it's like the week after Bloodstock, right? No. Yes. Yes. Ah oh, fuck it, I'll do it. Why not? Why not? So I think that leaves us with a fully fleshed out top ten of twenty twenty one. Some good lists, I must say. It's not I bad. I think you've got a damn good list. You too. What wonderful taste we have. And many of these bands you can actually hear us review in depth if you go back through us up in Temple Back Catalogue, um, beginning in around January. So you'll be able to find out more of our detailed research about all of these bands and albums and people. And we do actually interview Katie from Pupil Slicer, which wasn't on this list. Oops. Um, yeah, that was a great album. It was I a good album. Mirrors. I think that, that deserves a special mention, actually, because yeah. that is one of the best albums of the year as well. Um, we just had too much to choose from. But let's be honest, there is enough people out there touting that <laughs> They're going to the make that album. That's like, going to be the number one for many people. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that album is, without a doubt, amazing. 100%. And there's going to be, yeah, as you say, most that album's going to feature on a lot of people in journalists' end-of-year list. Yeah. Like, definitely Gavin from Damnation, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, literally all the festivals. So yeah. well-deservedly. So shout-out to Katie and people slicer that is a top 10 album for many and it's our it's in our top 10 as well in spirit in a way um who else we we talked about sheep wall as well so you can listen to our interview you mentioned that earlier yeah there's a few albums that have been dropped this this week as well like swallow the sun i don't know if you guys have ever listened to them much a bit of a swallow the sun fan Hmm. they had that album out in oh when was it i want to say 2014 it was a triple album Damn. So it was like the third album was like a funeral doom one, and the first two were kind of like their kind of blended melodic, kind of doomy wow. black death. But it's uh, yeah, so they've dropped an album. Exodus was an album dropped. I'm a thrash fan personally, <laughs> so I might check that out. Even the Testament are my favorite of the. Uh, I've said this before. I know you didn't like them, but you sort of like. I keep forgetting every time. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I tell you, my absolute favorite, a Dark Angel. Okay. Were a great thrash band. They're like Slayer, but even faster and heavier. That just makes me think of an Akakoka clean section. Yeah. I think it was that Gone Spoken, Deezer Gone Don, who's like, Dark Angel! 
Like, some... Why did you draw on here? Yeah, it's, there's... Um, Son of the Morning. Son of the... Oh, of course it's Son of the Morning. So, no, he says Stray Angel. Stray Angel. I just think of... I, I just imagine Dark Angel. Like, Dark Angel of my dark desires is that kind of, like, DM Instagram message that you get. I think that was the first track they played on their first gig back. I can't really? remember if Bloodstock or the Camden Underwood Oh, I think it was. Back. I think they did. Yeah, I remember losing my mind. Yeah. I think that's where I met Shem as well, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They also have a song called My Apturus Angel. They do. It's a very good song. Yes. I think it's yeah. very... Yeah. But I think for some, the end of the year isn't over because there seems to be a lot of big bands dropping a lot of albums. So there who knows? will be. This, this list could change. Um, yeah. but I don't know how we will, if we will do another top 10 episode. Please let us know if you think we should. Maybe <laughs> 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 we do like a top three or a top We'll do a five. December top 10. Okay? <laughs> top 10 albums. The top 10 of the month. <laughs> top 10 albums of the third week of December. Yeah. <laughs> We'll do some really specific lists for everybody. Well, remember, I, they dropped, um, Behemoth dropped the Satanist like near the end of the year, right? That came out in December. Yeah. If I remember correctly, because everyone got really pissed off. Ah, like, oh, fuck. <laughs> That's like, that was like the end of your album. Or was it at the beginning of the year? Am I talking absolute balls? I, I actually, don't know. I can't remember. I'm not, I'm it was not... either at the beginning or the end. I want to say it was at the end, because I remember it just came in and just so most people's. I'm not a Behemoth expert. I only uh... seem to remember it being towards the end of the year. You search an option. Third of February, twenty fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> the of the year. There you go. Yeah. We like to oh, research no, things at Serpent Temple. Yeah. <laughs> We're a well researched. No, no, so wrong. Literally the other end of the year. Amazing. It's the wrong end of the year. It there happens to everybody. There you fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> Someone called Danny Elfman. His, uh, his next album is going to be a Serpent Temple podcast content. Con I can't fucking speak. Concept. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. Chef is holding his face in his hands because he knows that this is going to be a bitch to edit. It's so funny. You're welcome. Enjoy editing this. And thank you so much for listening and putting up with us for this extremely unusual episode. Um, I hope it wasn't cruel as well. But please tell us your top 10 albums of the year. We'd love to hear from you as well. And um, from me and Floyd, thank you so much. Until next time.